hello and welcome to the fourth episode of the Workforce Excellence Show. This week we'll be talking about all things employee engagement and employee experience. My name is Roshan McBride and I am joined here by Joe Moffat. So Joe is the Managing Director of the Specialist Ad Agency Woodread. Um, she has over 30 years experience with Woodread. Um, helping business leaders from a range of sectors market their organizations both externally to their customers and internally to their employees. Joe is also closely involved with the not-for-profit Engage for Success movement and she has been since its launch in 2012. So thank you for being here with us today, Joe. It's a pleasure, pleasure to have you. you. <laughs> You're welcome. So um, would you be able to elaborate just a little bit on what I said there? Could you tell us a bit about Woodread and what your philosophy is? And for anyone that doesn't know, could you tell us a little bit about the Engage for Success movement? Sure, absolutely. Well, let's let's just start with Woodread. Um, yeah. So, yes, that's my business. I founded the agency, well, as you say, well, quite, quite some decades ago mm-hmm. now. Um, and our approach has been um, for the last oh goodness me, for the last sort of 12, 13 years really, um, a recognition that organisations invest huge amounts in their brands, Mm -hmm. they invest huge amounts in their brands and their marketing to engage consumers, and the power that brands have to engage people is an emotional engagement, and that emotional engagement that we all we all experience with, with, mm-hmm. with as consumers is a very powerful form of engagement. It's much more powerful at driving behaviour than rational engagement, you know, what's kind of going on in our heads. Yeah. What goes on in your hearts is really key. And what we've been seeing as, as a, I suppose, what you'd call a kind of traditional marketing agency was that so many organisations were, were wasting the value of their brand to engage their people and they were using their people were very much the sort of um second class citizens the last to know the people who are on the last you know the end of the list of people you need to brief things to and engage people with and so much the focus was with external communication and marketing to prospective clients and consumers Um, and the audience were very much the poor relation Um, the internal audience were very much the poor Mm. relation and that seemed a massive missed opportunity when an organization has invested so much in their brand and their brand equity Mm. and their brand values why on earth would you not use those that brand and that 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 thinking to engage your people so in essence our philosophy is about saying treat your people like customers Um, and that means really climbing inside their heads getting insight into what makes them tick applying the you know the techniques the creativity the quality the rigor uh, and the brand thinking of the marketeer but doing it internally so we fuse that thinking that brand thinking with employee engagement principles which is kind of where engage for success comes in um so as you say i've been involved with engage for success um uh, for, for many years now and engage for success is the uk's leading not-for-profit movement that focuses on employee engagement uh, so it is a movement that is entirely volunteer driven so everybody involved in it has a a day job of one sort or another they're either on the kind of consultancy side of the fence like I am or they're in academia or uh, a considerable number of them are, are sort of um, on the practitioner side of the fence so working inside 
organisations. And Engage for Success grew out of a government commissioned report, sometimes known as the McLeod Report, mm -hmm. which you may well have heard of, called Engaging for Success. And that was commissioned by the government to look at what is employee engagement, does it matter? If it does, can we put some kind of figure on its impact on the UK economy? And are there some lessons that we can learn from organisations who actually are getting this stuff right that we can kind of bottle and sprinkle like kind of magic dust across the rest of the UK economy and, and engage with success really it's its purpose is to shine a light on that best practice to inspire uh, workplaces and people to thrive because you know we all spend an enormous amount of time at work yeah um, and, and it, you know, it needs to be wherever that may be, given current <laughs> circumstances. Um, but, you know, it's it's it needs to be a good experience for that to be sustainable. But also, of course, from a, from an organisation's perspective, there are so many absolutely solid arguments as to why putting your people at the heart of your thinking makes good business sense as well in terms of profitability and, and a whole raft of other core business KPIs that are impacted by it. Um, and Engage for Success is about really raising awareness of that um, and so it fuses very, very, very well in terms of the thinking with, with what I'm trying to do with Woodred, with the, with the clients we work for, which, which really range from large PLCs to public sector organisations, as well as uh, some other uh, smaller uh, organisations and not-for-profits as well. So that's me and us. Okay, so we've mentioned employee engagement a lot kind of over the past few minutes. So maybe you can explain what is employee engagement and why is it so important today? The definition that I personally quite like, and I'm not going to claim credit for it because it's not mine, um, it's one I came across many years ago from HSBC, actually mm -hmm. the financial, financial services company. And they, uh, they describe uh, an engaged employee as someone who has the skills to leave, but the desire to stay. That's a good definition. Um, I like that. Yeah, I like, I like that one as well. Nice yeah. and simple. Um, there are some incredibly convoluted and complicated and complex definitions of employee engagement, but personally, I like that one because it just, you know, it says it really for me. Yeah. Skills to leave, the desire to stay. Um, yeah. That, Brilliant. That's, that's what it is. So another term that I hear a lot of would be um, the employee voice. So could you explain to us what is meant by the employee voice? Yes. Yeah. So one of the things and I'll touch on this possibly a little bit later on, but one yeah. of the things that in, Engage for Success or the original Engaging for mm -hmm. Success report identified was, are there some characteristics that organisations with high performing, um, uh, highly engaged workforces mm -hmm. share? And they identified four of those things, four things, and they're called the four enablers. And as I said, I'll, I'll touch on them a little later. But one of those is employee voice. Mm -hmm. And basically what we, what we mean by that is, uh, organizations that recognize that their people can very often have the answers to the challenges that they're facing as a business can contribute creatively and bring innovation and uh, if they are only asked will have the answers and will be willing and able to engage with their organization in creating the answers and developing change and making uh, you know, making strategy stick yeah. and, and delivering on business objectives. So, what do we mean in it, what do we mean by employee voice? Employee voice is is, is simple. It's basically saying, um, I will listen to what my people have to say. I want to I want to hear what my people have to say, and I will actively involve them in the decision making of my of my business. Um, what it isn't is a survey every year. 
or a yeah. survey every couple of years. Um, you know, that can be part of it, but it sure as heck isn't, isn't the full solution. Um, you know, if you, I like to think of it in, in, the, in this way. If you, you know, if you meet somebody, back in the day when we used to go out and meet people, you know, <laughs> it used to go to meetings. <laughs> you know, you'd, you'd be introduced to somebody and they'd say, how are you? And actually, sometimes they meant that. Yeah. And sometimes they really want, they, you know, they wanted to know how you were and learn and listen mm -hmm. and respond. And sometimes they're just saying that, hi, how are you? How are yeah. you, Roisin? Um, actually, I'm not listening to your answer. I've already moved on to talk to some, you know, in my mind, yeah. I'm already thinking about something else. It's a, it's a sort of automatic, you know, they're doing it on, uh, on autopilot. Yeah. And in some, sometimes... An employee engagement survey is seen as employee engagement and it, it's almost that it's an autopilot thing it's a tick box thing we'll do a survey once a year or once every two years um, so we're doing employee engagement aren't we um, well no you may be thinking you're listening to the employee voice but if you're not really hearing what they're saying and absolutely if you're not responding back and, and sharing the results of that and demonstrating what you're doing as a result then you know you really are just going through the motions and that's not true employee voice um real true employee voice is is when you involve your people in helping you to understand the issues that you're facing and find solutions to them um, and we're seeing a lot of that at the moment with with covid19 you know, recognition that actually um if we if we only listen to people uh, about how they can make this new world work better yeah and, you know we'll, we'll get somewhere and i'm i've seen and, and been heard loads of loads of organizations tell stories about the extent to which just by listening to employee voice they've they've come up with solutions they would never have never have, mm -hmm. have, have found before uh, there's some really interesting statistics if you if you were to ask engaged employees 83 percent of them would say that work brings out their most creative and innovative ideas and if you ask that same question of disengaged employees, only 3% say that they feel creative and innovative at work. So we want, as employers, we want our people to be creative and innovative and coming up with new ways. Sometimes that's uncomfortable. You know, sometimes that's challenging. You know, what are we going to do with these? You know, do, how do we deal with these ideas yeah. and these thoughts? Um, but God, you know, you have to. You have to find a way to listen and, and respond and, and demonstrate that you, you value the contribution that your people make. So that's what employee voice is. So recently um, it has kind of been said that employee engagement just isn't quite enough anymore and that organisations should strive to have a great employee experience. So from my understanding, employee experience would be like the culmination of employee engagement and, and culture. Um, is, do you agree with that? Is that is that the way forward now? Um, interesting one. Mm. Um, I I think sometimes there can be a a desire to find a new label, mm. a new a new name, um, a and what what's driving that? Uh, what's driving that desire worries me. Um, because sometimes that desire to say, oh, employee engagement's dead, long live employee experience. Yeah. Um, 
What's the rationale behind that? Is it simply to create LinkedIn content? I'm being very cynical here, but you know, <laughs> is that just driving huge amounts of LinkedIn content and profile raising and all the rest of it? In my view, I don't really get. Well, I don't really want to get too hung up on the labels. Okay. Um, but I think the point you made is 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 uh, leads me to to where my head is at really, which is I think there's a bit of a virtuous circle here. Yeah. And if you create a great experience for your employees then they are going to be engaged yeah, yeah. if you are working with a bunch of colleagues who are engaged in the work that you are doing together that is a great experience for you all you know there is a mutuality and a virtuous circle going on here and i yeah, i yeah. think that you you know i don't really Get, I don't want to get hung up on either term. There is a worry sometimes that if you start having applying these labels, you start going down the kind of shiny new toy territory. Yeah. And if you go down the shiny new to- ter- toy territory, then um, things become a bit tick boxy. Yeah. They become yeah. a bit processy. Oh no, we're not doing employee engagement anymore. We do employee experience. Yeah. Well, no, hang on. That, you know or it's it's friday we must do employee experience we'll do employee engagement on monday you know it's crazy (laughs) being cynical again facetious but uh, i think you know labels can take us down a a bit of a dead-end debate and i'd rather much rather people spend the time uh thinking actively about how they can create a working environment where people are engaged Mm -hmm. and where they have a great experience so um where do you see technology playing a role in, in all of this engagement or experience or I suppose we won't put a label on it then well you put I use them interchangeably very yeah. often but, but you know I think I think that's the that's the point they are totally you know they feed yeah. each other technology oh goodness me Rasheen it's absolutely you know it's the best thing we've had it's marvelous you know it's created yeah. so much opportunity uh to make it easy to uh build those sorts of relationships and build the sort of environment where where engagement and experience is positive um you know, we've only we've only got to look at what's happened over the last three months i mean good yeah. grief where would we be without technology um so i think you know technology is absolutely crucial in my own experience i've, I've done uh, quite a lot of work with um enterprise uh, social networking platforms yeah. and the the impact of them has been phenomenal it enables you so often to go from a situation where internal communication kind of comes from the top of the organization yeah. out um and maybe you find a way then to gather some of that back but the beauty of technology so often is it enables a sort of cross fertilization of interaction yeah. as well you know you building communities and engagement uh, up and down and across, and that can be really, really powerful. Um, technology can put the CEO into somebody's front room. Now that yeah. may has got its, it's got its advantages and disadvantages for everybody, but you know it makes these things possible. It take it can take you away from the, you know, the rigid sort of town hall, uh, yeah, talking to the talking to the masses type of approach and being much more much more human 
and I think you know the future of work is is very much around people being much more human so goodness yeah technology phenomenally important and is only going to become so um more and more and we have no idea of the of the capability but I think we mustn't we mustn't think that technology is the answer yeah. you know it's not it's not an instead of humanity it's not instead of human interaction it enables yeah humanity yeah, exactly. human interaction and isn't the channel whatever route it whatever piece of tech or channel you create in itself doesn't create the environment we're seeking mm -hmm. to create it is an enabler yeah. for us as humans to make these things better and easier and more and, more, and, and quicker that's the that's the key um so do you have any examples of any companies that are really setting the benchmark for employee experience goodness me so many Rasheen. um <laughs> so many but of course what's happened in the last few months has sort of mm. thrown the world up into the yeah. into the air and we're still seeing everything you know the bits are still you know falling around us i personally there's there's some cracking examples um that i often talk about i'll talk about john lewis mm -hmm. partnership um i'll talk about pret the sandwich mm -hmm. shop um but you know if i talk about them now people will say hang on a minute pret are just closing announced plans to close x number of stores john lewis are closing x number of stores mm -hmm. they're talking about making people redundant and so on and so forth it's not so great is it well I would probably argue back on that that my goodness me how much worse could it have been you know yeah. you, you can't think about employee engagement employee experience as a silver bullet yeah it's not going to immune you against the economic mm -hmm. challenges that we're going to be facing it's not going to it's not going to sort of insulate you entirely against needing to make difficult decisions when when the macro economy is going through the kind of challenges that we're facing but it can help make it better yeah you know it can help to minimize the impact it can make the experience better for your people you know if you're if you are laying people off making people redundant um doing it with a humanity and yeah. best of best of intentions and a clear laying out of your longer term purpose and, and all of the rest of it and get all these things right it will be a better experience all around so yes there's some examples um but it it's difficult to cite them because yeah you know we're all facing un unforeseen yeah. challenges but you know just at the start of lockdown one of the things that i do with engage for success is i host a weekly a co-host a weekly radio mm -hmm. show podcast where we invite people to come on and tell us stories about their experiences in, in, in um, employee engagement, culture change, whatever. And just at the start of lockdown, I had the CEO of Brighton and Hove Albion Football Club, Paul Barber, mm -hmm. on the show. And they are in the Premier League. And he, the, the story he tells is a fabulous one. I mean, they absolutely... He, you could go through everything they do and the foreign neighbours are in there. They're absolutely at the heart of it. And I don't, he doesn't necessarily call them that. He doesn't think yeah. about it in those terms, but they are, as a football club, their values underpin absolutely everything that they do. And their employee engagement is, 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 is superb. And they, I mean, for example, um, they make sure that their all their workers get access to nutritionists and dietitians and a quality quality food in the same way that their premier their elite athletes do. So they approach 
their employee engagement at the football club as if they are as as an elite sports team yeah. organization which of course they are but they've got their elite team the squad they apply they make sure that everybody acts in a an elite sporting way um throughout the throughout the club so you know that's a fascinating fascinating tale actually and and just at the start of lockdown when when their premiership football was stopped mm-hmm. halfway through the season um you know paul was talking about well we're still going to pay our casual workers who come in on a saturday or should be coming in on saturday to man the the ground and the stadium yeah. on match day these guys and girls we pay them you know casuals um they're not they they need that money we're still going to pay them even though we've got no football you know it's that kind of that kind of attitude is really yeah, that's brilliant you know really powerful but but lots of lots of great examples and you're seeing you know there's you, you can see a lot of um uh, a lot of chatter on social media about good examples but equally a lot of chatter about people who are getting it badly wrong but we're not going to go down the name and shame route <laughs> okay <laughs> So do you think now, as we do return to work after the COVID-19 lockdown, that for some companies, employee engagement might kind of take a back seat or be put on the back burner? Do you think that might become an issue? Inevitably, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it will, and that would be a big mistake. Um, But it is the easy, you know, is the easy solution to sort of think, gosh, we just got to focus on this. And, and a sort of tunnel vision around around survival and cut costs and, and, and everything else. And, you know, I totally understand that. Um, so, yes, I think there is a risk of that. But equally, um, I think that there is a really interesting groundswell of discussion and awareness and debate about a new type of, of workplace. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people are talking about building back better rather yeah. than going back to normal. Yeah. And there is a, an awful lot of conversation and practical demonstration that some people are starting to think about the future in a slightly different way around a concept called um, social capitalism or responsible capitalism or stakeholder capitalism. And that's basically saying that um, actually it's not a debate between mm-hmm. profit and people. Mm-hmm. can actually achieve both of those things yeah. um i would say i mean danone for example mm-hmm. um it, it was announced a couple of weeks ago danone the big um french-owned dairy yeah um manufacturer they've changed their corporate structure to uh one that it's something to do with french law but basically yeah. Um, they're going to be pursuing a more community they're they're taking a bigger uh, stake in terms of social responsibility and community responsibility in the environment and the the communities in which they work Um, so it is a sense that it's not all about shareholder value it's not all about delivering shareholder value that is not the be all and end all yes the shareholders will need to get some value but actually we need to think about our employees our partners the communities in which we work the wider environment uh, and there is there's a move i'm seeing a move towards that there's um a really interesting book that i would yeah. i would recommend called it's called grow the pie i've even got it here which is marvelous i'm plowing through it at the moment but it's it's by a guy called alex edmonds and he is a, a professor of eco- economics uh, at the London Business School and he 
if, if we're talking about making the argument to financial directors that actually there is a sustainable and better way to to do things in the future you know he absolutely gets it he's so he's an economist and it's hard-nosed evidence of how organizations don't it's not a trade-off between people and profit you can have both and that's very much at the heart of this whole concept of of shareholder capitalism which is a a broader audience who will benefit from why a business is there and what an organization is there for so yes i think to answer your question there's a risk yeah. That people will batten down the hatches. Um, but it, that's a big mistake. And actually, history has shown, uh, the evidence shows that those organisations who think longer term, investing in their people, investing in their brands, actually investing yeah. in the marketing, because it's the same argument is applied externally too, are actually the ones that do better in the long term. Uh, so, you know, it's something that people need to consider, I think. So what are some of the most common mistakes that you have seen companies make, especially those with a largely desk, deskless workforce, like just say in the manufacturing industry or, or something like this? Mm-hmm. And that comes back to the, one of your questions way early on about technology. Yeah. Um, a sense that, oh, well, we haven't got, they're not on a computer all day, so we've got, we can't use tech to talk to people. Well, actually you can. Um, some really interesting um, uh, research that um, goodness me who was it now um, Heathrow Heathrow Airport did some research with their people their frontline people who are mm-hmm. not um, uh, on computers all the time um, people in you know security and, and departure areas and that kind of thing and asked them how would you like to be communicated about organizational news and the overwhelming response was through my own device on my own PC. Yeah. Um, and, but there's been a fear of that. There's a fear in organizations that they can't, they, they, they can't talk to people through their own personal devices. Now that may have been the case a few years ago. There was, you know, when, when people have problems with you know, contracts that limit their data, they're mm-hmm. going to, they might well resent their employer sending them stuff. Um, and using up their data allowances but you know increasingly now people have got pretty much unlimited data contracts Um, and if you don't ask you won't know Mm -hmm. you know make it make it an optional thing but ask the question we did some work some years ago with a financial services company um, and we wanted to use sms messaging Mm -hmm. Um, and this was sms messaging to personal mobiles because the vast majority of their people didn't have company mobiles they their personal device and they were very well, oh, no, we can't do that. That, that's, that, wouldn't, that wouldn't work at all. And anyway, we, we got, got them to agree to try it. And we, they tried it. And over 48% of their people engaged with weekly SMS messaging. It was around values and behaviours. And it was a, supporting a, a new culture programme. Um, and, you know, over 48% of their people happily and positively engaged back through SMS. So you don't know until you try. Um, but I do think... Uh, possibly the biggest mistake is not being brave enough to try things um have a go ask the question um don't 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 assume that you know what your people will want and how your people will want to engage and as i say that comes back to where technology can really play a part for you thank you very much joe thanks for joining us today on this episode of the workforce excellence show it was great to have you and thanks again
Thank you very much, Rishi. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, no problem. Thank you.